Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. I just want to say, you guys, sorry I sound so throaty. I'm, a, I'm just like starting to get under the weather, and this is not a 1-900 number. You did not call an illicit site. This is just your everyday week of Why Though. That's all this is. You know what I've been drinking, Ashley? I've been drinking, okay, okay. I hope this person never listens to this, but I was recently offered a cup of tea. Yes. And this person, I was like, oh, yeah, I love tea. I love herbal tea. Because, you know, I'll be all about the herbal tea. And I know you think it's trash. It and is, then they, yes. she's like, oh, by tea, I mean um, just essential oils and hot water. But I was in too uh, deep because I already said yes. Uh, so I drank it. I drank it. I totally uh, drank it. And I asked for like, I don't know, t- 10 tablespoons of honey to be able to choke it down. Oh, but I will God. say at the end of it, my little sore throat was gone. So Maybe who's left now? This girl, I that's know. who. I guess they say that, you know, it's a very real thing about those essential oils. I've never really bought in. I don't believe in thieves because it ain't never healed. Not one thing my kids had. Put it on tummy. Put it on the bottom of the feet. Put it wherever. It ain't never healed nothing in my I household. Know. So it, I can't get into it. If it's snake oil, I've bought way too much of it. So I'm, apparently I'm oh, committed now. Oh, I haven't now. bought any. None. Yeah, I've bought it. But I don't I understand. know. It's very popular where you are. It is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do you think it's not? Are MLMs not as big in L.A.? No. I mean, what? the the non-Christian um, ones, yes, but they're going to go be buying oils and incense from somebody in Venice, okay? They're not oh, coming to the church yeah. to buy living, what are they called? Living essentials? Young living. Young life. Young living. Young living. <laughs> <laughs> Young yeah, life no is that outreach into schools, but no they've one. been having a lot of sexual abuse right? scandals, so we, we can shelf that Jesus, and talk about that for my another God. day, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, I can't Twitter even do it Sorry. So, not Twitter warning. <laughs> You mean trigger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, okay. But yeah, all that to say is I drank some more this morning, and I don't know if it's working, but I'm so desperate to get over this cold because I'm mm-hmm. I'm sounding throaty, Ashley. I don't. You sound fine to me, but I, can't I understand answer the, the door placebo like this. effect. Of course you can. Yeah, Absolutely the placebo effect. Yes, it's working. Oh. If you think it's working, it's working. <laughs> I take all the vitamins, though. You know I'm all about that vitamin life. Yeah. I take, yeah. It's, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You have to be. And I think be. it helps. Well, I, think I think the vitamins, the vitamins do help, helping. too. Oh, yeah. The that wellness formula help. that everyone... I just want to give it. a PSA. That wellness formula, I think you're the one who told me about it. You I love and Kat it. Harris. That stuff works. It There's does. A reason it has its own row at Whole Foods. Yes. Nothing else. It's just one item, and it mm-hmm. fills up a whole row. Yep. Man, that stuff works. It's so fabulous. Yes. Well, I hope you feel I better. will tell you, though, don't try to give it to your baby like I did because it does not uh, taste good in applesauce. No. I'll tell you right no, no, now. No. Don't do it. I don't know. They do make a kid version of it, though. Um, well, I'm learning that for the first time. Right. So, so watch maybe don't give them the adult version also, but there is a kid version. <laughs> <laughs> it said safe for babies on the back. I checked. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <clears throat> so, Ashley, I think... 
this season, March 2022, is mm-hmm. not a bad season for TV. I feel like I've got some good options right now. I feel like HBO is coming in strong with the Gilded Age. I just want to give a shout out to all of you who gave me that recommendation. You know what, woman? You shut your mouth right now. It's Julian terrible. Fellows delivered we quit again. in the middle of the first episode. It was boring. Oh, sister, but it's Julian Fellows. You got to keep with it. He's a. It's First slow. of all, I don't it's, know it's who British that is. Style. It's boring. He, he invented Downton Abbey. He wrote what? Downton Abbey. Oh, I hate that show. It's a terrible yeah. show. Oh my it's God. like Grey's Anatomy, but like a historical <laughs> British version. It's terrible. I'm like, why are all these dead people and almost dead people in their living room? Okay, this is not a hospital. This is not. That the was way. an intense scene. You know what? That was a that was an intense season. That that the war. Yeah. Okay, Gilded Age. People know me because when I went asking for them recommendations on the Instagram, mm-hmm. y'all delivered. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, over twenty people said Gilded Age, and I was like, "No These freaking way!" Me. And I, I could watch an episode of that every night for the next three hundred and sixty-five days. For the because costumes it puts alone, you to my sleep. friend. No, <laughs> because it's inconsequential <laughs> to my actual life. Like, right? I'm not going to get enough. scared or mad or sad. Right. The, the outfits Definitely are amazing. Not. Everything happens just in the nick of time. It's slow writing. I love the slow burn. Oh, love Ugh, it. Boring. I will say, though, in your defense, that first episode was very slow. And it was an hour I mean, and a half for wow. one episode. I Honestly, mean, what am I movie. watching? A film? Like, yeah. I don't have time for this. A feature film? Oh, what? my God. Like, tell yeah. me it's a miniseries and maybe I'll stay if it's true crime in 90 minutes for four episodes. Okay. So if somebody gets murdered in their Gosh. house, you're here for it. But if somebody's I wearing am. a beautiful That's ball gown from 1884, there's nothing for you? Why do I care about that? First of all, I went to school to study textile apparel design. I spent an entire semester studying that hideous fashion why would I want to go back to the girdle days and you know, <laughs> pantalones? And like, I'm not doing it, you guys. It's not going to happen. Love, if we ever had a why though trivia, that would be the like golden ticket million dollar question. What did Ashley study in college? And I bet very nobody people, would unless it. they were paying attention, they would mm-hmm. remember that. I, I would. I agree. That. Yeah. No, I agree. I think about that. I know. Okay. Real talk though. Ashley has incredible style. She keeps it to the basics and then she throws in a fun pump or some amazing jewelry. This woman has style for days, by the way. Thank if you. Once you meet her, you will. Ooh. I remember when I first met you, I was like, where do you shop? Where did you get all this stuff? <laughs> Tell me where you found these things. <laughs> My secret is plain. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it plain. Keep it simple. I learned it because Kate Moss is my style icon. Oh, what a good style. Oh, I know. She's just my favorite. A, I mean, I don't have a inspo. Yeah. That I can't really hold a is. candle to her style, but you know, she's so simple and makes the mm-hmm. basics look so good. That's she what I really like. does. Yeah. I think also like a black button up can go a long way. It can. You pop in a different lippy. You get some yeah, different It's earrings. very versatile. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's fabulous. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Okay, so while okay, Tiffany's what you watching, watching, exactly, you're watching The Gilded Age, boring, and I'm over here trying Love is Blind, okay, because <laughs> unlike Tiffany, I do not think TV is good at this moment, but I'm desperate <laughs> to find some, so I started- and unlike uh, Tiffany, you can handle reality TV, and I cannot. I totally can, yes. I mean, it has to be a specific, like, genre or show, because I don't love all of it, but there are some that I like. So at work, everybody's talking about Love is Blind. In fact, the, the weekend that it aired- there was like a whole situation on our Slack channels where people were talking about how they're just going to hole up for the weekend and watch it. So finally, oh, wow. when I ran out of TV, I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And the first two episodes, you guys, I was bawling. I'm like, this is so good. Like this person has had a revelation. They are really changing. Oh you my guys, gosh. By the third episode. thread from that night. Guys. 
I have like I twenty texts being like, Tiffany, you need to watch this. It's life changing. It's so good if you need good tea. I was I'm like, sobbing. Oh my gosh, I'm okay, like, I'm watching. Oh, you guys, I'm, I'm like, this person's getting healed from their internalized racism, and this person over here is really understanding that they're worthy of love. I mean, it was. I was really going for broke. And then by the third episode, as my friend Selena tried to tell me in text message many times that it's all scripted and absolutely terrible, and I should just prepare myself for the worst, I began to yell at the TV. <laughs> My husband got deeply invested as he sat down next to me because he could not believe the level of drama that began to come out. And we both were staring at the TV with our jaws on the ground. So for those of you who are watching Love is Blind, and I know it's many of you because. Oh, yes, it is. Because it's the number one so, trending. Yes, there are so many of us. You guys, what is Shake's problem? Okay. And <laughs> Natalie and Shane deserve each other. That's all I have to say about it. I won't say another word, but I'm only on episode four. So if anybody would like to help me out, give me any tips. I do have a little thread going on Twitter where people are warning me <laughs> that it only gets worse from here. So um, I'm preparing myself for the absolute worst, but I'm, I'm deeply committed to finishing this season just like tiffany is deeply committed to the gilded age oh, you know what i will say although i haven't watched it and you gave me permission to maybe take it off my list right before we hopped on this uh hit record but it has made waves in the south asian community online because it featured south asian characters and you mentioned it has two Yes, it's a super diverse cast. Like, so the entire cast is very, very diverse. Um, And so that's great and should be. And I would expect that from Netflix in 2022. Like, absolutely. Um, So that part is really great. And you do really sense these folks are healing. But here's what happens. And we've talked about this on Why Though Before on some of the episodes we've done about healing or recovery, is that when you experience this catalytic moment where you have a revelation about yourself and you realize the way I've been thinking is wrong. The challenge is, and you get delivered from that healing to use very, very Christianese sort of language, then you have to go back to your regular life. And if you don't have any tools in your belt to continue on the journey of undoing internalized racism or to continue on the journey of believing that you're valuable and that you matter and that you're worthy of love and that your past doesn't have to dictate your future. Like if you don't know, if you have no tools to deal with that, when you get back in the real world, you start to revert back to all of your old tendencies to think you're not valuable, to think you're not beautiful, to think you're not whatever the things are. And so I think that that is what I'm seeing in real time in the show, but in the pressure cooker of reality TV. So you see these folks who are disconnected completely from their phones, their computers, their family and friends have all these remarkable revelations or completely show themselves as the douchebags that they are. And then you see them go back into the real world and it's like, oh, the healing doesn't stick when it's not supported by community and it's not supported by continuing to walk out that journey of unlearning and relearning. So anywho, that's, that's what it is. And if you enjoy that type of thing on television, you will love it. And if you don't, you should watch the Gilded Age. (laughs) Okay. You're going to laugh at how like 90s youth group my follow-up statement is going to be just just hold your <laughs> hold your applause hold your applause okay i'm ready it makes me think when you share this don't laugh at me okay it's i won't. think of all all of us who went to church summer camp mm-hmm. and got right with the lord and community right. and we had mentors there and yep. we were away from all the pressures and temptations of home yes. yep and we really sorted some things out yes and we confessed some things and we asked for help yes and then we get home and we got right back in it. And That's of course, right. it was pre-cell phone. So we weren't, you know, addicted thank to our God. phones yet. Yes. Right. Oh, truly, thank God. Thank God. Oh, my God. Know, the videos of me on YouTube would be very bad. 
Jesus. They would be. I would be going viral regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, which is a great segue into what we're talking about today, Ashley. I'm so glad you mentioned that because we need to Mm -hmm. talk about this divine, thus saith the people line that we have between the sacred and the secular. Mm -hmm. And it is doing us an injustice. And we'll give a lot of context here because we do believe that when you find Christ, it isn't about faith. It is a a, a repentance and a long obedience in the same direction. Yes. But it does not discount the years before and the person who brought you to where you were and the experiences you had. Yep. And so as we think about these hilarious moments that we can laugh at, I think so often in Christendom, we are quick to sanitize the past right. and Ashley and I I mean if I feel like if y'all have been around why though for five seconds you know that we are happy to share the messy and the nuanced and the things that we've learned and the growth that we've had but we are not discounting the hard or ugly parts or hilarious parts of our story because it is who we is and if if the Lord sees us and loves us as we are in our in our wholeness and in our fullness then that is something we can share with others and you know what when I think about this, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is the woman at the well. Jesus' longest recorded conversation in scripture. This woman, he knew her. She she didn't deny her story that she had been with many men and, and the person she was with wasn't her husband she was living with but she went back to her town they knew who she was they knew her business and she claimed the goodness of god she claimed let me tell you about the man who told me everything i about me mm. and i just think of that in this modern day this we are and i think and social media obviously hasn't done us any favors and we've talked about that right. in these episodes as yep. early as 2022 but i i just i just have to say you know what? We are speaking to mostly 89% of you are grown women. Yep. And I pray that you would resist the temptation to sanitize your life, even from your children. Yep. Even from your children, telling them the silly, stupid stuff that you've done right. to your friends. It humanizes you. It makes people be like, oh, it is safe to be me. Yes. And Ashley, this is something I often praise you in private for. Um, and it's one of the reasons you're my favorite writer is because mm. I, it, you know, I put you in Anne Lamott status. I know you know this, but oh I'm going to tell gosh, it again. Oh, my not even. <laughs> oh, yes. And here's why, people. She's willing to tell on the Internet. It made me laugh so hard, y'all. She was talking about where the South is, which I don't know we haven't talked about that yet. We're going to get to that in a minute. We need an entire I had an education. series on, like, the regional wars. <laughs> You know what? We That's should do coming. it, Tiff. We, I have a lot. Yes, I'm we should very do it. In that, we're gonna do that. Yeah, we're gonna hold do us that. to that, listeners. Hold us to yes. that. Yes, but um, but what you talked about in people's comments are understanding the South and the culture of the South. Mm-hmm. And of course, other people started commenting, having their own threads based on what you had posted. Uh, yep. It was really powerful. Yep. But one of the things you talked about was crossing the state lines to get lottery tickets and cigarettes for your grandma. <laughs> And I just loved the openness and, and I just, you just don't get that. And I think the deeper some of us walk um, in the faith space, we miss that sweet hilarity and humor yes. and just funniness of life, the playfulness, as you called it yes. earlier, of life. And I just, y'all, I hope we don't lose that. And I think that's why, why though has been a gift to so many of you. And I yeah. pray that that's um, a value for us for the rest of our days. Yeah. Um, but I, I pray that as we come to the table, playfulness would not be something we just uh, value as we chuckle when people send us gifts or memes that we wouldn't show with anyone else. But we would just truly value playfulness in our own stories and in our own lives of what we've come from and what we've done and the stupid stuff we've done because it mm-hmm. brings others to the table and invites them to be their true and whole selves. 
Yes. Thank you for coming. I to my love. TED talk. Oh, I would stay at this TED talk. TED talk if it went longer, one hundred percent. I would listen to a ninety-minute TED talk about this. Not the Gilded <laughs> Age, but ninety minutes. Yes, I would. I'd fit it in somehow. Oh yeah. I think that, you know, one of the things that was super important to me at the beginning of my faith, obviously my faith journey really started with recovery, which I talk about often, and apologies to everyone who's sick of hearing it. But one of the writers I read early on, and Tiffany, you're probably familiar with him. I don't know if you enjoy his writing, but Brennan Manning. Oh, girl. Yeah. Uh, okay, I wept so, when he passed. Wet. Oh, my gosh. Okay, wet. so we did too, me and Cody. And um, his book, Ragamuffin Gospel. Yes! Right. Three times. Oh. Yeah. And the fact that he was an alcoholic and mm-hmm. and never really like left that admission of mm-hmm. struggling mm-hmm. with addiction. And I thought that that was a really beautiful way because I felt he had a really deep understanding of grace in a way that I wasn't reading other writers right or like an Anne Lamott or, you know, um, Henry Nowen, like people mm-hmm. that I felt like were so deeply connected to the human condition. Yes. And that has always felt so remarkable to me. And I think there were times in my faith, especially as a young person where I've in my 20s, where I felt more apt to want to please others or to sort of like clean it all up and fit in. And LA culture is very, very different than Southern culture, even though there are a lot of Southerners here in Los Angeles. There is this, um, you know, the we get the, I guess the rumor or the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The stereotype of being a bit plastic. That hasn't mm-hmm. been my experience with Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. because the city is so big, you know, they weren't riding around in their friends' Volvos throwing Coke cans at mailboxes like we were growing up, right? Like, <laughs> this is just not a normal thing that people in big cities experience. But in small yeah. towns, you have to do all these random things. You're hanging out at a gas station on a Friday night. You know, like, I, know I feel it. like there's this just so different, you know, because you were raised in a small town. Your two-star parking me. lot was the place exactly. on a Friday night. Right. And so when you oh, move please. to big cities, they just don't have that same sort of connection and understanding. And I think that bleeds into faith communities as well. Yeah. And you do sort of lose. a a sense of adventure and um i think many people want to separate you know their the sacred and the secular yeah and i don't think that's just los angeles i think people sometimes do it in small towns because they really believe that like god wants them to be this certain way and then we sort of posture ourselves as someone who has to convert everybody or avoid everybody and when we do that i think we do really lose that sort of human connection and the playfulness that comes from that and just like hey we all have a past and we have weird things that have happened and i can't believe this went down in my family like this is super weird and we can laugh about it later and yeah. tell those stories and remain connected to ourselves that way and I think that we need to encourage folks to do more of that, especially people who have experienced religious settings that would want them to abandon their family, their lifestyle, their entire person in order to sort of assimilate into this religious culture. And um, I think that happens more often in more sectors of the faith than we really realize. Yeah. I think there's two things at play there. I think one is fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of people who are living, thinking, acting differently than us. And what it does is, again, it disconnects, it disassociates um, from others, and it really puts a stopgap to compassion. And then I think the other thing that we should always be mindful of, and I love the uh, Jewish theologians and scholars um, who really remind us that it's all spiritual, 
Right. We don't get to choose if if God is real and we exist in his word. Like this is in and through. God is in and through everything. Right. He sees all. He knows all. Uh, uh, you know, I think that reminds me of Psalm 39 of just search me and know me. Like, you, yes. because you do, you can. Yes. And so this idea that we would be able to hide or diminish a part of who we are is just absolutely uh, preposterous because mm-hmm. we are fully seen and fully known by the Lord. Yes. And, and God is in and through all things, all living things. Yes. All all living things. We, yes. We, the breath we have, everything is His. Yep. Um, that is something I, I feel like even in my own home, really trying to communicate to my children. This isn't something, you know, and for us, we're like, faith isn't something you just ascribe to. Like, you are already loved. This is a world you already exist in. Yep. The condition is sin. But this world is so God-breathed and God-saturated that you you will discover and find Him um, in all people and in all places and all things. Because yeah. we're, we're all image bearers. And He has created this. This Every beautiful thing is, is from Him. And every landscape... Everything that brings joy, you're going to find him as the root cause. So being able to see that this is all his doing. We are existing in this place that's already God-saturated. So if that is the case, why on earth? Yes, of course, separate yourself from uh, sin and the temptation to sin. We're not saying be soft on the way of the world. That's not, And that's not the message here. The message is be able to look at your life. And if the Lord can see grace and beauty, and I'm sure he laughing at some things, I hope we would too. I hope we would be able to see and laugh at some of these things as well. Yes. And even I think about how I was drawn into, you know, a walk with Jesus. It was because people were not afraid to be around me and they didn't mm, keep on, me girl. at arm's length or Ugh. or say to me like, oh, they didn't try to convert me or make me a project or, you know, be like, oh, she's sinful right now, but we'll just hang out with her until she gets better, you know, which I think is so much of the undertone of the way people relate yes. who are of the faith to others. And so mm-hmm. they're trying so hard to avoid sin or so hard to clean it up that they end up actually hurting and wounding people and pushing them away from the faith or trying to control and manipulate. And it's neither is good. So I think for me, this idea of being integrated and allowing the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit, like we have an embodied Savior. And it's one of my favorite things about the Lord is that he is embodied and he's incarnational and he comes and lives among us. And Mm -hmm. I love how the message version in John 1, you know, says that that the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And it really is so attractive to me to think about what would it look like? to be like the Lord and be flesh in the neighborhood. And I think that that, it it inspires me not to abandon my humanness. And it inspires me actually to relate to people with my humanness instead of trying to hide it as though the Lord has cleaned me up and this is why you should like him too. (laughs) I think because that's the message that a lot of Christians put forward, especially people who are you know, sort of leading in faith spheres. I feel like that's what they put forward. And why wouldn't they? That's what culture does. It tells yeah. you to be better all the time. It tells yeah. you that if you can, you know, clean yourself up or look better or feel better or get the right job or get the right thing, then you're going to be X, Y, and Z. And I just don't think that's what faith is. I think that faith, true faith, means that it's going to still be a struggle, <laughs> but God is with you in your struggles. And I think that yeah. we should be people who are with others in their struggles and and be willing to admit our own yes and what's the what's the heart desire it desires belonging Mm -hmm. to be known to be loved as we are without 
any sort of accolade or accomplishment, but truly to just be loved as we are. I mean, this is what scripture tells us. This is what our own hearts tell us. This is what researchers and psychologists confirm. And so just to your point is if it's go faster, harder, stronger, that is clearly at odds with the message of the gospel. Right. And so for us to embody that, that true message is beautiful understanding that he came in and dwelled in the neighborhood yes. because we were lovable. Yes. He said so, not because we thought we need it. Like yes. he said so. Right. And so to bring that wherever we go, I think, man, that just creates such a longer, a longer table and makes room for everyone. And I just, that's our hope for everyone who's listening and that we would continue to embody that is yeah. that our honesty would make way for transparency and vulnerability and connection. Yes. That's the end result. And I know, Ashley, for you, this has been part of your life story, you know, rise of the truth teller, being able mm-hmm. to be honest about the your experiences. You fought hard for this. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, has been this, the sweetest part of your public ministry and your life is that it has invited your own freedom, has invited the freedom of so many others, myself included. And so I think when we all can embody this understanding of, truth telling telling it like it is and being able to be okay and look back and chuckle at times I think there's a lot of value in that I think especially uh, for those of you who are mothers this is something that I am I have an almost middle schooler I'm four months away from a middle schooler and I still can't believe it like I actually really struggle to believe it yeah no I can't (laughs) it's so crazy to think about little Coco being can you believe it oh my gosh oh yes Uh, Ashley and I have been friends since before kids before Ashley Mm -hmm. was married in fact I met Ashley mm-hmm. I think nine months after I got married so mm-hmm. um again as she mentioned earlier I was a d- child bride so <laughs> very young <laughs> oh anyway I also would just like to say if y'all see my um wedding pictures on Instagram or if you want to go down the rabbit hole and find an old album on Facebook those brows were not filled in that was all natural <laughs> and they look I look back and I'm like what happened? How did hair loss find its way onto my face? I don't oh know. Anyway, gosh, they're they're now filled so in. Hard. Yeah, but they were they were real beautiful. Oh Truly a sight to behold. <laughs> I digress. Well, you do have the best brows in America. I'm con- oh, I'm convinced. I I tell you, the older I get, the more I'm I'm gonna have to get some some uh, some uh, microblading or something because they're getting real thin, real thin. <laughs> You know what? It's a it's a whole thing. Aging. I will it say, is, though, yes. all this hair loss, these are all my ads. You know that. And then I get offended that they know that I have hair loss so that I, I mark it offensive. I'm proud of you, as you should. Oh, I hate those ads. things. They make me I so mad. Do. You know what's so funny, though? I've been watching so much Gilded Age. My ads are for Gilded Age. Listen. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm proud of you. Line sinker. Listen, they know if they ever have any merch, like they know they need to sell it to you. I would totally buy a cup. You know, I would buy a mug. Uh, You would buy a cup. I would not buy a shirt, but mug for sure. Um, Oh, dear friends, I digress. I had such a good point to share with you. Give me five seconds. Oh, having having a son who's hitting that middle school and being able to share some of these things that we have gone that my husband and I have gone through of you know everything from crushes or when we made a poor choice um how we handled things and you know getting in fights when we were younger all Mm. of these things that we went through and he just lights up like oh it's okay to be human Mm. it's okay to mess up for example transparent moment here yesterday um sweet baby Jericho had a racist slur thrown at Mm. him in the hallway at school and he looked at this person and said, don't talk to me like that. Come on. And he said it with force. I was so proud of him. Come Actually, on. He would have been so Come proud on. of nephew. And the kid said it again. 
You're joking. And I'm not going to repeat oh it, what he God, said. And so, so he said, shut up. Do not say that to me again. You're Bam. saying that because I'm black. Bam. And, um, and his teacher, actually from the previous year, uh, his fourth grade teacher overheard it. And she was, you know, freaking Furious. out and wanted to protect right. him. And, and it was a kid in her current class. Oh, wow. And so she, she handled it well and went and told his teacher. And they, you know, they got a meeting with the parents all set up and everything like that. Um, to talk about that's, you know, not acceptable behavior. So she texts me this really, like, <laughs> vague text. Did Jericho tell you what happened today? And I'm like, girl, just tell me. Why you got to lead it like that? Right. And I was like, oh, he's at, you know, he's at drama practice for the play. Mm. He, he's not home yet. He gets home, and he's so afraid because he, he, I don't know if he did something wrong yet or mm. <laughs> what's gone on. And he, he shares it. And I was like, oh, boy, that kid wouldn't have had teeth if he said that to Honestly, me. Honestly, no thanks. You know? Yeah. And, and he, he as like, a matter of fact, like, I would like to fight his parents because that's yeah. where it comes from, frankly. So yes, oh, let's especially just, something let's just as specific beat the adults as down. This kid said, right. "I'm like, oh, you've right. heard this before, right?" Um, but just the way he handled it and feeling it's okay to be human in my response, and he felt he got he was so worried that saying "shut up" was going to get in trouble, oh. and I was just like, "Oh, baby, it's okay, it's okay." Yeah. And even just that moment of, and so Derek and I each told, I told of what I had said when somebody had had spewed a racial slur at me something the way i handled it and derek told what he would do you know if somebody to him or or these yeah. parents of how he wanted to handle it. and it, this little boy my sweet jericho he was just like oh okay this is my life and this is going to yeah. happen and yep. i'm supported and i'm loved yes. and i'm not always going to get it right but i'm human and i'm okay and i'm loved and i belong yes. and yes. it's okay to yeah. fumble through life and it was just such a sweet yeah. moment for the rest of the night to kind of walk through that and talk through that. And y'all know this is not the first conversation we've had with our kids about racism and what we do in those situations. Um, but still to know that we can be human in our response and we yes. can talk about it later when we got it right, when we didn't get it right, yes. how we handled it. And our transparency, again, it just makes way for such connection and honesty. It does. And it also, I love what you guys did there because it also teaches your kids differentiation as well. Like yeah. they're learning like, oh, that is that person and this is me. And their words do not have the power to attach to me to them or me to try to do anything connected to them. It's just like, that's a bad thing to do. And that is a bad way to think. And it doesn't belong to me. And I don't have to live underneath it either. And I think that that is so powerful because school and work and all these different places in our lives, if we don't learn this stuff growing up, which I didn't, I don't know about you, Tiffany, but I didn't oh, learn good, how to no. separate myself Ooh, no. from the words of others. And so I think that what you're giving your kiddos there is just so powerful because then they realize like, no, this is the truth, period, full stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need that because this world beats down on us and um, we can't control the way that others relate or the things that they say or the things that they do but we can control our responses and you just giving your kids tools to do that is so incredibly powerful. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to the sacred and secular. Like we yes. exist, we are valuable, we are yep. loved. And just like you said, like we are going to take arrows to the heart day in and day out. Life yes. will eat us up and chew us out multiple times yes. until we are ranted and stinky. Life is yeah. just too much, y'all. And so to walk around with this understanding, like you said, we are embodied. We hold it all. And yeah. Jesus is in it all. Yep. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week, y'all, because we just need to close there. That was fabulous. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.